Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host, I'm Darlene Childress, and I'm a parent coach, a parent educator, um, you can think of it that way as well, and I'm also a life coach, trained life coach, and today I am going to piggyback on last week's episode where I talked about the parenting 101, the basics of parenting, and essentially I described sort of these core needs that we have as humans in order to thrive. And so essentially as humans, we have the need for attachment and the need for authenticity. So what that means is we have this this primal need to feel attached to our caregiver, especially in early infancy and in, in early childhood. And we also have this core human need to be seen and appreciated as the individual that we are and be our authentic self. And what happens in parenting is that our children are, you know, so primed for attachment because attachment means safety that they will, you know, express their authentic self through their behavior because they're immature and they'll show you their feelings through their behavior. And if they feel like their behavior is going to risk attachment they will shut down their authentic self and in order to get you to attach to them because they need you to be connected to them and committed to them and otherwise they'll die. And, and so there's this tension sometimes in parenting where we see a kid's behavior and we see them acting out and, and it's like we don't like their behavior and we accidentally devalue their personhood because we're basing their personhood on how they're acting instead of looking at, okay, they have an authentic emotion. They have an authentic experience that is true for them. And I can validate that without threatening attachment or without trying to, um, you know, uh, shame them or, or put them into a fear place in order to change their behavior. So as a parent though, it's tricky because we feel like we should teach them how to behave, which we should, right? We want them to be able to, um, you know, get along with friends and us and like not scream and kick and hit and punch and all of those things. And so we're trying to like parent their behavior. So the, you know, go back to last week's episode, I'm just, I'm essentially saying it's okay to validate an emotion and say like your feeling makes sense. Who you are is 100% acceptable, And this behavior is just a strategy that we need to work on and separating the person from the behavior, separating the child from their, you know, the way they're acting. That is just such a huge aha, hopefully for you. Like if you can really grow in that, sometimes we say, um, you know, you, you know, you're a liar versus you're lying, right? You're a liar is saying like who you are at your core is bad. And instead of looking and judging the behavior and making it personal, that would squash authenticity. We're saying, oh, no, 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 you're a regular great person. And right now you're currently lying. And we need to work on that strategy and figure out why you're lying and what need you're trying to meet. And in that process, we're not uh, threatening our attachment. So I'm not going to belabor that anymore because I was in last week's episode, but I wanted to remind us about it because today I'm going to talk about how this shows up, the how the behavior shows up and give you some insight into what's going on when your kid is misbehaving because 
they're like I always say, you know, feelings drive behavior and behavior is a form of communication. So I say that all the time. And the reason why I say that is because I want you to learn to look at your child's behavior as like a data point, as information, really seeing, okay, this kid is, you know, complaining all the time. This kid is refusing to clean up their room. This kid is always hitting their sibling. This kid um, never does their homework. This kid lies to me about doing their homework. Um, this kid asks for chicken nuggets and then I give him chicken nuggets and then he's immediately like, I don't want chicken nuggets. And you're going insane, right? And you're like, how do I deal with this behavior? So one of the big, you know, frameworks that we're working under is understanding that that behavior is an expression of your child's emotions, that there's a feeling underneath. And if we can soothe and validate that emotion, then work on the strategy. So today, I want to talk a little bit more about what it means to validate an emotion and talk a little bit deeper into where behavior is coming from, okay? I don't want to get too in the weeds on it, but I am going to talk about five emotional needs that we have, all of us have at all times. These are really broad categories. They are all start with the letter A, so maybe that helps you. And thinking about the the core drives. And so when a child has a need, an emotional need, and they don't, it's not being met. I don't want you to judge yourself. You don't have to meet every emotional need. But for whatever reason, if the child is feeling their emotional need isn't being met, then they're going to have emotions about that. They're going to feel afraid. They're going to feel worried. They're going to feel sad. They're going to have feelings and they're going to show those feelings in their behavior. So if you can address the core emotional need and you can articulate that, you can kind of narrate that for your child, they will begin to understand themselves more and maybe communicate what they actually need. That's the goal. When we talk about emotional literacy, we say that a person who is emotionally literate is a person who knows what they're feeling, knows how to talk about that feeling, like how to express it, and then knows what to do with it. And it happens in that fashion. First, you have to name it. You have to know what it's called, and then you have to know how to talk about it, and then you have to know what to do with it. So as a parent, we're working at Um, addressing those emotional needs. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, you know, we talk about this in the connection portion when I teach connection, all about naming the feeling. And I've heard from many of you that you'll say, okay, well, I'm like, you're sad. And they're like, yes. And then you're like, I don't know what to do about that. And like, we're going to talk about how to solve that. But sadness is like the expression of an unmet need. So let me explain what this means. So you have these five emotional needs. You have the need for attachment, the need for acceptance, the need for affection, the need for appreciation, and the need for autonomy. So I'll go through this again while you're listening. We all have this need to feel attached, right? Talked about that last week. It's at our core. When we don't feel attached, other words for attachment could be belonging, 
connection or attention. When we feel someone is paying attention to us, looking at us in their, in their eyes and, and being present with us, we feel attached to them. We feel connected to them. So that's our core need. It's our core emotional need is to have this feeling of attachment. And when that feels like it's not being met, our feeling then is feeling unsafe, feeling insecure, feeling worried, feeling anxious, feeling scared, feeling hurt. So we're going to label those feelings and I want you to start to think about as you look at your children's behavior, thinking about what is the unmet emotional need here? What is going on under the surface? Where is this anxiety coming from? Is this a need for attachment? Okay. The second one, acceptance. This is that piece about authenticity that, you know, really broke down last week. That they, a child wants you to delight in them exactly as they are. They don't want to believe that they have to earn your love or earn your, um, your, your care. They want to feel like they, you, you, they're just great at their core, that there's nothing wrong with them. And if they start to sense that they aren't being accepted for their authentic self, then they might feel rejected or unwanted. And they might not know what to do with that feeling, that feeling of being abandoned possibly or neglected. So they might be feeling neglected and that's because their perception of the situation is that they aren't being fully accepted and loved as they are. So this is all going on inside your kid. (laughs) So I sometimes think I call this therapeutic parenting because you're kind of like learning how the brain works and how psychology works. And you're, that's because I want you to become your child's emotional coach. That's what, we're, that's what we're doing. I'm your coach. I'm your emotional coach. I'm your child's emotional coach. I'm coaching you through, I'm coaching your child through you. I'm giving you the tools to, to do this process, to actually be present and be aware. So we have that need for attachment. We have that need for acceptance. And we have the need for affection. And this is all through our lives. We need to be touched. We need to be um, kind of held. Our body has needs. And so our children, they may need affection. And you can see this when you have a child who's like really on top of you. Lincoln, um, he was insecurely attached um, in the beginning of his life with me. And I, I always felt like I'd say like, it felt like he wanted to climb back like in me or climb in me, you know, like if he could get into my skin, he would. He just wanted to be so close. That was his need for that affection. And it really symbolized for him connection. It was an, it was an actual physical manifestation of our attachment. And when we were separated, it was hard for him because he, the attachment felt afraid. He felt afraid. So he needed that affection because then that felt the affection feels soothing. So if he wasn't getting it, if that need wasn't being met or he perceived it as not being met, then it would show up with feelings of loneliness, feelings of fear, feeling of sadness. And then he would act those feelings out. Okay, so we've done three. We've done attachment, we've done acceptance, we've done affection. Fourth one, appreciation. This is a funny one because 
as as a human species, like I think all animals, I'm not positive, but like I think all animals have like work to do in the world, right? They have like a job and like not just like mammals, but like everybody, everyone has a job. We're all like here to do something. We all have a purpose. And that's part of the like primal need that we all have is to have our life matter and to feel like we're important and we bring meaning to the world. Even little kids, they want to be appreciated. They want to, you know, be seen. They want to feel like they have meaning, that they have, that they matter. And so our child, if they're feeling unseen, if they're feeling unappreciated, if, if they're feeling like they don't matter, their feelings might be feeling unworthy, might feeling uh, disapproval. They might be feeling that you don't like them, right? So they might be feeling unlovable. They might be feeling despised, you know, or just underappreciated. So when you start to see some behaviors, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be like, okay, here's this behavior and here's the feeling. Like what, go deeper, one level deeper. Like what's going on here? Are they trying to get, like what need are they trying to get met? What need are they trying to get met? All right, last one, autonomy. (laughs) This is so obvious as soon as your kid turns two, they learn the word no, and they are off to the races with trying to find agency and autonomy in their life. They want power. Now, this isn't a bad thing. This is actually vital for our kids and all of us to go out in the world and do things. Like we have to believe that we have, you know, power over our lives and that our lives matter and that we, you know, are safe. And so we want to have agency. You can think of it as agency or autonomy. And when we don't have that, now this is especially true once you get teenagers because they actually developmentally need to practice having autonomy and having agency in order to go out in the world and launch without you there. They've got to have some some belief inside of them that they can have power over their lives and that they can be trusted with that power. So this very primal need is autonomy. And so in you don't when you when you perceive that need not being met, you are going to feel powerless, you're going to feel stuck, you're going to feel trapped. You're going to feel scared. It's going to show up. It's going to show up in your behavior. So what behaviors am I talking about? What, what behaviors are you seeing? You know you're a parent, right? You know what behaviors are. Some of the behaviors you might be seeing is just like negotiating and arguing, right? Persistent questioning. Making promises for the future. Blaming you for their mistake. Going really slowly. Using their body. Hitting, kicking, spitting, punching. You know, complaining, 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 rage, pouting, intense crying, separating from you, running away, hiding, lying, not doing what you want them to do, bothering their siblings, right? So when you start to see these behaviors, you can go like, oh, okay, I wonder if they're not feeling accepted right now. I wonder if they're feeling like, like I'm mad at them and that, you know, I'm, 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 they're feeling disconnected. So when you're seeing these behaviors, I want you to start thinking, like, what is driving this behavior? Is this a need for autonomy? Is this a need for appreciation? Is this a need for affection? Is this a need for acceptance? Or is this a need for attachment or connection? 
And you can see it like, you know, when they have sibling problems, you're like, oh, they must not be seeing, feeling seen. They must not be feeling appreciated. They must not be feeling heard or accepted. So what, what do you do when you are seeing these behaviors? How do you actually handle it? How do you, you know, talk about it with your kid? So what does a person need when they feel that their needs are not being met? They want them to be met, right? But you cannot meet every emotional need at all times. Like I remember learning this and it's why I I haven't really taught this concept very much because I think it can feel really like, uh, I can't do that. Like I can't meet every single emotional need. I have three kids. I work. I have a marriage. I have, you know, uh, ailing parents. Like I have stuff going on in my own mental health issues. I've got my health, you know, I've got to manage this house. I get it. And I felt the same way. But what I've found is that when I pay attention to the emotional need and, and being curious about what may or may not be being met here, I don't have to solve the problem. It's just attuning into it. Like attunement is this being you know, aware of the child's emotional state and joining in it with them for a bit. You don't have to fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. Your job isn't to meet every emotional need. It's almost to help your child recognize they have those needs and they can get those needs met in a variety of ways. It doesn't have to be the way that they think it needs to be met. It can be, you know, you want mommy to pay attention. You want mommy to look at your face and like play with you right now, but I am cooking dinner. So of course you want me, you know, you're feeling, you know, uh, you know, um, you're feeling, you don't want to say, you wouldn't even say like you're feeling unattached. You wouldn't say that to them, but you'd be like, you're feeling sad that I'm busy. And you say, so you can either join me here because I want to be with you and we're safe and we're together, or you can go play and you can come check on me in a few minutes. I'm not going anywhere. So we're like, a so- we're soothing the need, but the way that we're communicating, we're saying to our kids, I, it's okay. Yeah. You can, you feel, you feel a little bit sad. That's all right. And in your mind, you're like, you know, or they're, you're feeling, you, you feel like mommy's always bossing you. Yeah. I told you no. And then I told you no again. And then I told you no again. And now you have no power and you just, you just really want some power in your life. Don't you, you know, like, yeah. Okay. Well, what you, here's what you have power over. And you can set a limit. You can be like, you're welcome to like go in your stuff, you know, play with your stuffed animals and like make a big tower and knock it down. Like that's pretty powerful, right? Or an older kid, like a nine-year-old, you're like, listen, this is happening. You're turning off your VR machine. And like, that feels terrible, but you have power over how it, how you handle it. You have power over the timing. So you can do it now and move on, or you can do it in a little bit. And if you cause a problem in the meantime, you know, you can fix it, but you, you have power over how you handle it. It's not like you're like, oh, you have, you're feeling powerless. Okay. Just do whatever you want. Right. Oh, I, I, you know, oh, you're feeling sad and scared when you're, you know, mommy's busy. Okay. I'll just stop what I'm doing and go play with you. That's not a way to live a life. It's impossible. You can't constantly attune, uh, meet every single emotional need in the way the child wants it, but you can be creative about how they get that need met. So the first step for you is acknowledging, attuning 
tuning in to the child's emotional state. And really the invitation to you is just getting a little more curious. Like what is happening here? And I'm sure you asked that because you're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this is insane. Why are they freaking out about, I just asked them to like go grab a diaper for the baby. And like, now they're like completely melting down. What in the world? When you feel that way, I want you to go, what is the need here? Is it attention, affection, appreciation, you know, acceptance or autonomy? And then try to give them a little way to get that. So what the child is seeking, they're not actually seeking a, they want the, they want the need met and they have an idea of how they could get it met. But ultimately they, you know, you're the grown up and that you're in charge of them and that you meet their needs and they can trust that. And so they want you to respond they want you to be emotionally reliable and somebody that they feel safe with, that they can communicate their need and that they can trust that somehow you're going to figure it out with them and that you're going to problem solve and you're going to be present with them while they struggle towards getting that need met. Safety, the deep core thing that our children need is that attachment, right? That deep feeling of the grown-ups around me have got my back. I can trust the people in my life. They're going to take care of me. I don't have to worry about my needs getting met. When a child feels that deep sense of safety, then they can take risks and they can problem solve and they can be creative and they can play and they can feel good, right? That's what we want. So how do they get that? They get that safety, that attachment from having a warm attuned interaction with you. So it's, it's warm. It's not cold. It's attuned. You're actually paying attention to their needs and you're interacting. It's a conversation. So you don't have to go through a bunch of hoops to satisfy these needs. Acknowledging the unmet need is often enough to shift the child into a place of attunement. So attunement this like connected, tuned in to their emotions, that itself is very healing. It's a form of co-regulation. If you go back to the episode on the three R's of regulation of how we calm our nervous systems, it's movement, rhythm, it's relationship, and it's reward. So the relationship piece is really, really powerful. This is part of co-regulation. So when, when we do that, when we meet these Um, when we recognize the need and we offer some solutions and we kind of tune in, the child feels seen, the child feels safe, the child feels soothed, and then they feel secure. And security is the catalyst that helps your child propel into better behaviors. So what we really always want to do is like we want to keep authenticity And we want to keep attachment, sorry, we want to keep attachment really strong so that our child feels safe to be themselves. And then they can trust themselves and they can go and, you know, take care of themselves. When a person feels securely attached and they have this ability to um, be themselves and express their feelings and, and get their needs met, they are actually less anxious. They are less irritable. There's less depression. There's less fatigue. There's less behavior problems because your children feel good, (laughs) right? When they 
kind of can trust, like I have this, you know, feeling of sadness and it goes away and like, I know how to take care of myself. I know my, I can trust my parent. They can help me with these feelings. And you keep doing that over and over and over. You lay this foundation that they can express their feelings and that they're safe and that they can get help. And when you do this over and over in life, that your children ultimately become way more content, content. They enjoy themselves more. They grow up and they believe that they have like power over their lives and that they can, you know, change, you know, improve themselves and they can take risks and they don't have to be anxious and they don't have to be fretting and they don't have to be people pleasing. They don't have to have all these maladaptive behavior strategies to cope that they can just be like, oh, what do I need? Okay. I know how to get that need met. I can be creative. I can be problem solving. I can figure this out. I have agency over my life. I can trust the attachments in my life. I can, I'm, I, I'm, I, I matter, right? So it's like, I have power. That's autonomy. I matter. That's appreciation. I'm lovable. That's affection. It's, I'm lovable is also acceptance. And attachment, I'm safe. These are the core thoughts we want our kids to grow up with. And so when we sense that they have an unmet emotional need, being creative about how to offer some perspective for them, that like the feeling you have right now is because you're feeling powerless, but you always have power. You always have choice in your life. The feeling that you have right now is because you're kind of feeling, um, you know, unwanted, but that's not true. You're always wanted. You're always appreciated. You know, the feeling you have right now is because you're feeling lonely, but I want you to know that we're always connected, even if we're not together. So we're really soothing our children at that core level by giving them Sometimes I think of this as kind external parent talk. It's like the the sentences that you are told, like what your inner child needs to hear. You know, what does your inner child need to hear? What did you wish you heard when you were little? I want you to start practicing saying those things to your kids now. And what we all need in life, what we all have always craved since our own birth, since our own beginnings, is we've always had this five emotional needs of attachment, acceptance, affection, appreciation, and autonomy. Those are all of our needs. We can use different words in there, but the core of those five are in those themes. And when we are able to meet our own needs, we feel fantastic. (laughs) We feel safe. And when you're growing up and you can trust the adults around you are there to support you in meeting your emotional needs, it feels so good. So this is just a new way to, to get some perspective on how your kids are behaving, what's showing up for them, and what might be going on way deep down and how to soothe that. And that's, that, this, is what, this is what it means. This is what it means to be like a truly emotional coach for, for your kids and really like get into like compassionate parenting, really intentional parenting. Now, I'll, I'll just say this. I wasn't planning to say this, but like I find that, Sometimes 
in parenting and like with my own kids and with my clients, it sometimes takes a little bit of a pattern before we can kind of go like, what need is not being met here? Like we kind of look at the behavior and like, okay, we keep seeing this behavior, we see this behavior and it shows up at this time of day and then what's happening? And then we go, oh, you know what? I think they might need to be hearing you matter. Or I think they might need to be hearing you're safe. I think they might need to be saying, hearing you're, you have power, right? So we kind of like, when I work with my one-on-one clients, we're always problem solving. When we're in the group, people ask questions, we're, we're figuring it out. Like it's, it's good to have someone like me alongside of you to look for those patterns. But if you want to do this work on your own, you, you may need to have a few behaviors in a row um, or like a, like a week or two goes by and you're like, what the heck is going on? Why are they acting so weird? And then you go, okay, go back to this episode and be like, is it attachment that they're feeling insecure around? Is it acceptance? Are they feeling like, um, you know, they're a bad boy or a bad girl? Are they missing physical connection? Do they need to be told that they matter? Do they need appreciation or do they need power? Okay, I won't be labored anymore. But that that's why I think when you join the group program, the Emotionally Healthy Kids class, you learn how to like really look at behavior through this lens and we practice it in the class and you get the full workbook. Like I've had a bunch of moms who took the class this past year. They're like, I look at the workbook like every day. We're always like in the workbook, like their friends took the class. Um, it's a huge reference and it gives you so much, to, all the tools and scripts are there. So you have access to that. Um, but then in the class, of course, you know, I'm right there teaching you live and like answering your questions in real time. And you're hearing from other moms and you're like, oh, okay, that's that. Oh, my kid does that too. Or like, oh, that it's not the same in my family, but maybe it's this. And you're like kind of in this class where we're just focused on our kids and their behavior and like our family. It's pretty cool. And then of course you stay in the club and you have these 15 minute private sessions with me and I already know your family. And so you hop on those calls and we're just like, you know, take off running. Like one of my clients has five kids and I know all five. So when she's like, so-and-so has this issue, I'm, I'm in it. I'm like, yep. Okay. We've been in this pattern and I know what's going on. So that's incredible to have basically my brain and my heart and my expertise in your family coaching you and then problem solving with you, (laughs) helping you meet some of your emotional needs and then having you, you know, get strategies for your kids. So it's incredible. And, you know, you're lucky because if you're listening to this, as this episode comes out, the next, um, the next session of the Emotionally Healthy Kids starts on January 18th. And it's going to meet on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. And it's $500 for the class. And that includes all the materials, of course, in the class. And then four months of coaching with me privately once a week for 15 minutes. Um, and those, that time is on Tuesdays, but there are other times that I open up my schedule in case, you know, people can't get in there. Um, okay. So I invite you to join that class. You can sign up at my website, calmamacoaching.com. It's in the show notes. You, if you're in my newsletter, you know, click any email and you'll find out about it. And, um, I, I just want you to join. Like, there's no reason not to, if you've listened, if you're listening, you've already been in the class, this might be, you know, kind of new, new framework for you. And so if you're in the club, book a call and we can talk a bit, talk about it through. Um, and if you're not planning to join the class or anything, just make sure you are on my newsletter. That way you're getting emails and, and things. I send a Thursday email with the podcast details and then like a Tuesday email. That's also 
re- you know, really supportive and helpful and, you know, lots of good parenting strategies in there. All right. Um, I think this might be the first episode of the new year. So happy new year. I hope you had a really good holiday season and I will talk to you next week.